Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Green Book Podcast. It's Karen Lynch having the honor of hosting today's episode, and it's a special one for us because we are sharing the thought leadership and wisdom and experiences of one of our 2023 Green Book Future List honorees with you. I have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Natalia Infante Kaler, and she and I have some history together through our involvement in the QRCA, which we'll get into later. But let me give you a brief snippet of who she is, and then I'll turn it over to her to introduce herself. Dr. Kaler is a native Spanish speaker born and raised in Paraguay. She has extensive multicultural research experience, professional background in research and planning and development and some financial services, some nonprofit work. She really has done so much. She's also been an instructor of research, an instructor of the Spanish language and culture, and has studied multiculturalism at several large universities in Colorado. She and I are connected through qualitative research, but instead of spoiling it too much, I will turn it over to her. Welcome, Natalia. It's so good to have you here. Hi, Karen. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit more about me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. So with that, tell us more about you. What would you say about yourself that I didn't share in that very quick bio? What can our readers find out about your background that led you to the place you are today? Yes. Yeah, so as you mentioned, my background comes from academia. I did a lot of research at different universities, but primarily at Colorado State University, where I graduated, actually. And when I was there, I did a lot of uh, recruiting. I moderated focus groups. I trained moderators. I did individual interviews, translated discussion guides, you name it. At that point, my dream was to become a tenure track professor at CSU. And after spending some time there working on qualitative and quantitative research, by the time I graduated, I had already taught at universities, like you mentioned, published some articles at peer-reviewed places. And when I graduated, I thought that I had pretty much everything at my fingertips to make it work. I thought I will just work in academia. And I realized that actually that wasn't what I wanted. What I wanted was a work where I could use my qualitative skills, my multicultural experience, my language, and my love of research more than anything. So I started doing a lot of informational interviews with people I connected purposely on LinkedIn. I think I did about 24 interviews. And I had my spreadsheet and my questions. I think I had about seven or eight questions. And I was just exploring different fields outside of academia. And I learned a lot from different people of what, where I could use those skills. And then also met people at the local level here in Colorado. And after a while, I will say, and a lot of thoughts and meeting with a small business development center here in my community, I decided to open my business, which is a multicultural 
business. You know, I love how mindful you were about opening your own business. I think a lot of people who go that route probably spend a significant amount of time thinking about it and considering it. What were some of the thoughts that went through your head at the time you were doing that research and finding out if that was the right path for you to go down? A little bit of fear, to be honest, and excitement at the same time, because my world before that was academia. That was my goal. I'm going to be a professor. This is what I want to do. And then that little window started opening And a lot of excitement came with just learning where else I could apply all the skills I've learned and the opportunities to give back also. I love your journey because it exemplifies something that a lot of researchers don't do, which is conduct some research before making decisions. I just find that very novel. So for our audience out there of researchers listening, remember, it's okay to do research when you're starting a new venture or a new innovative innovative journey for yourself. Right. Was there anything during that time that you learned that was really pivotal for you? Several things. One of them, I was happy to see and impressed to see how many people were open to sharing. These were people that I never met before. I will probably look on Google, on LinkedIn, I mean, about, I don't know, market researchers and then contact them out of the blue, just saying, I'm transitioning out of academia. I'm exploring this career. And they were just so open to meet with me. And then at the end, I will always ask, is there anyone else you think I should meet? And then they will refer me to other colleagues that will meet with me. Till this day, actually, I have on LinkedIn people that are still connected with me that have nothing to do probably with what I do right now, but they were so generous with their time. And yeah, it was so fascinating. Learning a lot of things for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, you have a curious mind of that. I know. And I think it just points to the generosity of spirit. That is actually something that the judges are told to look for in some of the candidates for the future list is this idea of being generous in spirit. And it's one of the qualities that you possess, along with some other qualities that you possess that brought you to, you know, our list of finalists. So I just want to stop there for a minute because part of my wish for this episode is to inspire people and yeah, leaning into some of the people that you know, or people you don't know to ask those questions is certainly showing a certain quality that you have, which is one part motivation and determination and sort of some gumption, but one part courage. What other qualities do you think you possess that enabled you to do this? And it hasn't been that long since you took this journey, correct? No, it hasn't been. It was late 2018. Late 2018. Yes, I remember that clearly. Yep. Yeah. So what other qualities do you think you possess that have brought you to success in really five years in this field? I will say that I'm not good at talking about my qualities, to be completely (laughs) honest. But since you put me on the spot. (laughs) No, just kidding. I would like to say that I have determination. When I set my mind to something, I work hard to get to where I need to be. And if I know I can achieve something and someone comes, someone that I appreciate their feedback, probably someone close to me comes and say, hey, actually, you can't do that. It's like, you don't have the skills. I'll be like, "Mm, let me show you. That was one of the reasons I went (laughs) from, from my undergrad to my master's to a PhD, because someone close to me at that time kept telling me, you can't do it. You'll never make it. So I was like, "Mm, I'll prove you wrong. 
And you certainly did. I love that. That's just such an inspiring sort of snippet to share about yourself because, yeah, wouldn't we all like to, you know, prove the naysayers wrong? So really kudos to you. Kudos Thank to you. you. I, you know, I have the, the benefit, as I mentioned before, of working with Natalia on our team over at QRCA Views, which is something I do personally as a as sort of an industry volunteer. And that's another quality we look for, right, is industry volunteerism and how you can take your professional skills and apply it to organizations that are of importance to you professionally. So whether it's QRCA or WIRE, et cetera, talk to me a little bit about why you place a priority on that industry involvement, Natalia. For several reasons. One of them is important since I transitioned and I'm also a solopreneur. Sometimes we tend to feel lonely. You know, we are not working with a team all the time. It's, every project is different. And I think when transitioning into the market research world, I knew it was important for me to connect. I also thrive when I'm around people with good energy. And that's what I got from different organizations that I was part of. That was important to me. Networking is very important to me because I get to give back and also to receive, to grow professional development. And those were the things where I knew I needed to spend my energy. It was kind of an agreement with myself saying, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm just not going to try it and see if it works. I'm going to make it work. So I stopped doing a few things that I knew we're probably taking up a lot of my time and focusing more on giving back and also getting involved with different organizations, market research organizations. So that's when the opportunities came to volunteer and I took it and I don't regret absolutely anything. It takes time, but we're here. Yeah. I love the idea that you shared about networking being about giving and then learning and growing. I think that's one of the first times I've heard it explained that way. I think many of us feel like networking is all about, hey, what's in it for me down the road? You know, I want to grow my network so that when I need them, they're there. But you have a very unique approach to networking, which is an exchange of ideas, of thoughts. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. So I think that's most of the time, in order to receive something, we have to give something. We can't just sit and, you know, cross our arms and expect that things will come to us. And I think that was the way I was raised. I was raised by a single mom that is very strong in her thoughts about achieving and moving forward in life. And I think that's where I got it to is like, I can't just sit and wait for things to come to me. I have to work for it. And to me, networking is also that networking is giving something and at some point I might receive something, but it's, it's the exchange of ideas and experiences and helping each other out. That's great. And I know that you are generous of spirit and you spend time again on, on the QRCA Views team where we are working together editorially. What are some of the other industry roles you have played? I am currently a QRCA board member. So I ran last year or the year before. I didn't get in. I'm like, okay, I'll try it again. So I got in. I was selected for this term. I am also helping with a QRCA conference that is coming up in March. I am a first-time ambassador, a session host, co-chair. I am a Global Qualitative Researchers Award co-chair. 
I made different roles, <laughs> I will say, that are very important to me. And I'm looking forward to see what comes from all of that. Little by little. Little by little. That's great. So I, I know that some of the volunteerism that you do is in the personal world as well as the professional world. Speak to me a little bit about that spirit of volunteerism that you embody. Well, to me, is again, paying it forward. I know for sure that I was given so much in life and I try to look for ways to give back and to give back not because I have to, but because I want to, because it makes my heart feel happy and I feel better. And I know I can help others to feel better in a way. So that's what I look at when we're talking about volunteering and giving back. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So some of the volunteering that you've done is mentorship, right? So talk to me about a little bit about you, the role you've played as a mentor to younger professionals, younger Hispanic professionals. Share with us kind of some of the importance of that work, because that's unique in, in and of itself. Sure. I had the pleasure of working. The last one was a young lady that was just graduating from college. She reached out to me, wanted to transition into market research, and she is Hispanic, and she was looking for a Hispanic role model. So we met for coffee. I think we talked about two, three hours, and just to learn a little bit more about her and share a little bit about me. And then I invited her to go to a wire event, local wire event. We drove together and it was her very first professional event out, out of college. She was about to graduate. And on the way to the wire event, I was just asking her if she had any questions or things like that. And she was very honest and, and told me that that was going to be her first experience in a professional network outside of college. So I gave her some feedback and kind of an overview of potentially how to network for her benefit that evening to help her. And I also told her, I said, now, look, we are not going to be together the entire evening. I'll be around during the event, but don't come to me like very often. You're on your own. I mean, here are your tools. I'll be there if you need anything. But go and do it. And she did. So a few weeks after that, she sent me an email saying that she met someone at the event, that she was scheduled to have a job interview at the company, at a company as someone she met. And she got a job. Long story short. And she sent me an email also just a couple of months ago saying how grateful she was of the opportunity to meet. So I think that is important to have a role model. Whether we think we are role model or not, I think we all are. We all have something that we can share with others and help them improve their lives and even more their professional lives. Now, was this mentorship, the one that we just discussed, was that through WIRE's mentorship program or was that a side program? No, completely by accident. This young lady looked up on Google. She searched online or, or no, on LinkedIn, I think, something about Hispanic market research. And she said, that's how she found my name. So she reached out to me through my website, completely out of the blue, and explained to me. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's meet for coffee. And we met. And yeah, I'm very, very happy, very proud of her where she is today. I love that connective thread between you reaching out to people on LinkedIn and then like, you know, in a nice sort of karma thread, somebody then reaches out to you too. And it's definitely calling to mind this idea of being resourceful and 
confident and brave to reach out to somebody, but then also generous in spirit, as I've said before. I love that story. Yeah, thank you. Very nice, very nice. You know, I am myself, and this is another plug for the WIRE mentorship program. So as a member of WIRE myself for years, I'm now on my third mentee. And I strongly recommend that program to young women in the industry who are looking for people to kind of guide them at certain stages of their career, but also to those of us who are older and interested in giving back in that way. Because I don't know about you, Natalia, but I learn something every year I'm mentoring. I either look up something that I can share that teaches me something as well. It's incredibly fulfilling to take on this role for people. Exactly, because that's the thing with whether you are an instructor or a teacher, you are learning something. Because in order to give back, you have to know what you're giving back or what you're sharing with others. So I agree. I think we always have something to learn when we're also teaching or sharing with others. And in the case of this young lady, after I knew she got the job, I started sharing with her different job openings so she can share with other classmates that were also graduating. So There's always good in sharing. Yeah, there really is. There really is. Actually, I I remember at one point, somebody on one of our podcasts had said, you know, if you don't share even an idea, then it's not worth having. And I think about that a lot, that even your thoughts are valuable in terms of sharing. So things you learned have value, your thoughts have value, your certainly your time and efforts have value out there in the world. So it's lovely. I love the opportunity to connect with other people and yeah, and share and learn at the same time. That's great. Which leads us to, you know, one of the big topics for, as I said, this episode that we're having now, which is about your role as a futurist honoree. So, you know, I haven't said the words out loud. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's, we're very excited for you and for all of this year's honorees. What are you most excited for now that you have this? Oh, many things. First of all, I'm very, very grateful to be selected to be one of the honorees. Uh, It was such a nice surprise. One of the things back to networking is I think through this, I'll be able to connect with more people I probably never had a chance to connect with before because I know Green Book is very important in the market research industry. I am also looking forward to connect, to learn. And another thing is to also present at the conference coming up, which is a really nice surprise. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're excited that you're taking the stage. Have you formulated your topic for that yet? Or is this still too new for you? (laughs) This is still too new for me, (laughs) to be completely honest. So I'm like, I have several ideas, but nothing concrete yet. That's great. Very excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think that it's a pleasure for us to be able to spotlight our honorees on that stage. And then also, you know, for many of the honorees, this is one of their first times going to the IIEX stage. So that's exciting to see as well, because that's something that we can do for individuals as well. I appreciate it. Yes, definitely. It's going to be something about multiculturalism and Latino consumers in the U.S. Let's just stop there for a moment because it's important work that you do and we haven't really gone there, right? This is this episode is about you and not so much the work you're doing, but I think it is worth putting a pin in for a moment and letting you just kind of explain why it's so important. What is the the kind of current dynamic like in our country that we really do need to shine a spotlight on that work that you're doing? Yes, absolutely. Latinos are Hispanics in general are part of the 19% of the U.S. population. That's 19%, which is significant, meaning 
this is very important for brands to connect and then also to get to know where the Hispanics are coming from. Are there Hispanics that were born in the U.S.? Are there first generation? Are there recent immigrants? Because And then also where they're from. Are they from Cuba? Are they from South America, from North America, from even from Mexico? And according to the U.S. Census, they predict that in, within the next 40 years, the U.S. Hispanic population is going to double in size. So that is pretty significant. And then also the purchasing power of Hispanics right now in the U.S. is over $2 trillion, which is a lot. If Hispanics were to be a country, they will be the seventh largest country in the world next to Japan and Germany and the U.S. and other countries. So it's very important to get to know, to learn from the Hispanic participants in the U.S. and consumers more than anything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm I'm glad you're doing that work. I think that there have been a few talks that we've had in recent years, meaning really within the last single year, if I'm being quite honest, because that's when I joined Green Book was about a year ago now. And the conversations I've had about a brand's approach to marketing has to change from sort of our multicultural marketing to marketing to a multicultural world. And even that subtle difference of we don't necessarily need to come up with unique campaigns, but we need to be inclusive in the audience that we market all of our campaigns to. So it is a rapidly evolving space that you are playing in. Yes. And I believe also that brands need to invite and include Hispanics when doing research. For example, if we're doing something in healthcare, it's important to include Hispanics also because our needs are different than most people just most people that were born here in the US and for any other type of field also I think brands is time I mean it's kind of late also but it is the right time Hispanics will keep growing Hispanics are the youngest fastest growing segment in the US purchasing power is amazing a lot of them are small business owners we choose where to spend our money pretty much. And also Hispanics tend to be loyal to products and services they trust and like. And in order to trust a brand, we need to get to know the brand and vice versa. The brand needs to get to know us as Hispanics as well. Well, certainly, you know, (laughs) I have such a bias here. People who know me know that I have a background in qualitative research, so I have such a bias. But qualitative research is the way to accomplish that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I know for a fact is that other people will be paying attention to our Futurist honorees to learn from them, to listen to how they've launched their career. Obviously, everybody who is on this list has less than 10 years in the industry. So people are going to be looking and learning from people like yourself. So what about you? Where do you turn for inspiration? Or who do you look to when you are learning? Are there industry people you follow? Or are there books that you read? Have you had a mentor? Talk to me a little bit about how you've learned and grown. Yes, I have my personal mentors and inspirations. I will say my mom is one of them. My husband is also very supportive of what I do, which is important. In the professional sector, uh, through QRCA, I met a lot of really good colleagues that were just open to share, and I still connect with them as a sounding board. Hey, I want to do this. What do you think about this? 
in the industry, I met several people through Wire. I took advantage, I will say. This doesn't sound so good, but anyway, I took the opportunity <laughs> yes. to be part of the WIRE Accelerate program where I was assigned a mentor. That was the first year that I transitioned into market research. That was very helpful. And then at QRCA, I opened my business. And then about two, three months after that, I attended my very first market research conference. And that happened to be QRCA. And there I met several people. One of them was my mentor as a first time attendee for me. And then since that time, she still is my mentor in a kind of indirect way. And then I have other people that I turn to uh, in the field that are always there to help me. And if they don't know the answer, that's one thing I love about our field is that if they don't know the answer, they'll find a way of helping. It's a very unique industry, isn't it? For as large as it is, it's also quite small, right? It's really a community of people who are like-minded on some level and really do work to elevate the industry as a whole. I agree. And I also try to listen to podcasts, read books, magazines, professional magazines, attend conferences. That to me is very important. And even if I'm not able to attend anything in person at some point, maybe during COVID, I took advantage of the webinars we had, uh, virtual events, always an opportunity to learn from others in the industry. I think we have a lot of really good resources. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some of your favorites? Let's get into those details. Podcasts or books? What are you, what's your latest thinking? Yeah. Green book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> the QRCA Views magazine, of course. Of course. That's great. That's great. <laughs> that's something I look forward to every quarter, the conferences. I mean, I'm trying not to mention a lot of books here because I, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. I'm reading a book that I really love that is probably not completely related to market research, but in a personal way, I think is very helpful, at least to me. It's called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Oh, cool. And the author is a psychotherapist and psychology instructor. So she shares stories of her clients and the issues they have. And, and it's just a really good way of framing how we think. And, and yes, we are sometimes our worst enemy. So very, very interesting, I think. Yeah, I love that book. And making a mental note now for our producer to maybe put the link to that in the show notes, because we have a significant portion of our audience that is very into sort of behavioral science and behavioral research. And there's lots of different things to learn from these adjacent fields that we can then apply to the work we do. So some of the precepts might be a direct link to a market research methodology, for example, but some of them might be to something that we need to think about when we are interacting with others for research purposes, especially if it's in a one-on-one -on -one setting. So are there learnings from that that are helping you in your work as a researcher, for example. Right. Absolutely. There's another book I read, and I think I read this book twice already. She is super funny. It's called Becoming Bulletproof by Evie Pomporas. She comes from a Greek family, and she's just really funny. And her book is all about how to read people, which is very helpful as market researchers. Yes, for sure. And she's also a former Secret Service agent. So she talks about overcoming obstacles, obstacles that people create and obstacles we create for our own selves. So I think those were very interesting 
fascinating just to see the way we think, to learn more about it. That's awesome. I love your growth mindset. Again, it's part of why you are where you are. Certainly, we had a hint to that to your academic background. Thank you. You know, I think it's important for everybody to know that that is how we all grow collectively is by growing our individual knowledge and then sharing that wisdom out. So I'm just excited that you even gave us a few very specific books that we can turn to. So that's (laughs) awesome. Thank you. Thank you. One of my mottos is, and I have it on a whiteboard right behind my laptop, my screen is, we only regret the chances we don't take. So sometimes when I'm a little fearful on what to do, if I know is the right situation, and the only thing between achieving that and not achieving that is just my perception I'll be like, "Mm, we only regret the chances we don't take. Just go for it. (laughs) That's excellent wisdom. Excellent wisdom. So what are you going for this year? Kind of last question. What are you going for? What's on the horizon for you moving into 2023 and even beyond? Oh, several things. I guess the most immediate thing will be attending the QRCA conference in March, which I'm very excited about that. A lot of new things coming. I'm also attending and presenting at the IIEX conference, which is very fascinating. I'm looking forward to and connecting with other people. And then I do have other things that I'm not able to share yet. Oh. But hopefully by the end of the year, more people can learn more about it. Working on a few things in the industry. I, I love that so much. I love a good mystery. So <laughs> I'm down for whatever that may be. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. All right, cool, cool. And then, of course, volunteering and giving back, always. Thank you, thank you. I'm also in the personal sector, I will say. I am excited because I'll be going back to Paraguay to visit my family. So just for a couple of weeks. So I haven't been there in five years because of COVID and everything. Of course, of course. So looking forward to it. That's nice. And it will be neat for you to go with your new lens of a researcher instead of who you were before. And I'm sure you will be picking up things that you're going to be able to then bring back to your practice. So Right. I've been thinking about that too. I was like, oh, I should probably take pictures of this and video record this and that. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Natalia, is there anything that I did not ask you that you wish I had? I don't think so. I think we talked about a lot of things. Important things to me. Yes, We did. Important things to me as well. Last sort of time to shine then. Is is there a place where our listeners could reach out to you if they are curious about some of the work that you're doing or some of the, you know, kind of career wisdom that you may be able to continue to share? Yes, I will love to share anything that can help others for sure. LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me, Natalia Infante Kaler. And also my website, which is Hola Insights. H-O-L-A, which in Spanish means hello. So holainsights.com, my website has a contact form there that I'm always checking when, when anyone sends me a message, I can respond there or LinkedIn, like I mentioned. That's fantastic. Well, I just want to thank you again for your time, for your energy, for the work you're doing in our industry. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. I also want to thank our producer, Natalie Push. These episodes don't happen without her at the moment. So thank you, Natalie. We're so grateful for that. I want to thank our editor, James Carlisle, for all that you do to make sure that the audio sound is great for our listeners. And of course, to those listeners, I want to thank you 
Without you, we don't exist. And we are so grateful that you tune in to us and give us a chunk of your time week after week. Everybody have a great day and we will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, Karen. You're very welcome. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transforming insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.